Now podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 169 of the OrthoEvalPal podcast. I am your host, Paul Marquis, and today we are going to be talking about range of motion, function over perfection. So we'll be discussing how quality and quantity range of motion should be looked at in the orthopedic world. We'll be talking about how to educate your patient about being patient. We'll give some examples of when to press ahead and when not to press ahead and so much more. But if you just hold for a moment, we are going to take a bit to hear a word from our sponsors. Do you experience leg and foot fatigue when standing for long periods of time? A Maine doctor and the company he founded, Mainly Technology Group, have created a high-tech, all-terrain, chemical-free sock designed to reduce fatigue. The Easy Glider Sock has a graduated compression weave to keep blood flowing and to keep you energized. Created by Dr. Lee Thibodeau, the Easy Glider is also frictionless, lightweight, warm, extremely durable, and wicks away moisture. The socks will stay fresh for days, thanks to the organic antimicrobial agent, Kytosan. Easy Glider is the only sock you'll ever need for sports, work, and leisure. To find out more, visit EasyGliderSocks.com. That's EasyGliderSocks.com. Did you know that over 90% of foot and ankle problems are caused by a tight calf muscle? Introducing the Easy Slant, a durable, adjustable, and portable calf stretching device. The Easy Slant was designed to increase stretching compliance and get you back on your feet and feeling better faster. So if you work with patients seeking to ease or avoid foot pain or clients who want to improve their athletic performance, look no further. Visit EasySlant.com to learn more or order yours today. Enter coupon code OEP for a 10% discount on your first Easy Slant. Welcome back. So my daughter, who was a fourth-year PT student in the DPT program at Huston University, was recently doing some observation with me, and while I was stretching a patient post-rotator cuff repair, she asked me, how do you know how hard to stretch a patient when stretching them? And this got me thinking, not only do we need to learn how aggressively to stretch, but why we are stretching patients, okay? And so what I do know is that newly graduated PTs and OTs often struggle with this question, and why do I know this? Well, I was there. You know, I had these questions when I was young, inexperienced, and I thought I knew it all, um, but I thought first we would talk a little bit about why patients need to be stretched. And for the obvious reasons, if you don't have good motion, you don't have good function, right? So just because you are taught that normal shoulder flexion is 180 degrees and external rotation is supposed to be 80 to 90 degrees and so on and so forth, it doesn't mean that we can't get the patient to achieve you know, this gold standard. And if we haven't been able to achieve that gold standard range of motion, um, then we, we think we've failed the patient. And the patient may have this expectation and think that they've failed um, as a, a rehab candidate. But, you know, what I'd like to do now is just give you some tips from my experience working with patients. Um, this could be a very lengthy podcast if we went into all the examples we could possibly give, but I'll give four of them here. And I think that you'll understand what I'm trying to get to here. So, number one, do no harm. So, let's say you have an 85-year-old osteoporotic female recovering from a fractured humerus. Why do you feel like you need to obtain full range of motion at the risk of refracturing the shoulder? So, you need to ask yourself these questions. 
First of all, how much pain is she in? Secondly, can she feed herself? Can she take care of herself? Can she groom herself and get her dressed? How well can she mobilize herself in the environment that she's in? So think about these things and say, you know, maybe she doesn't have 180 degrees of shoulder motion and maybe can't reach up to um, T6, T7 behind her with internal rotation, but she can take care of herself and she's not in a severe amount of discomfort. And at that age, um, we are looking at, you know, keeping people as independent as possible. So think about that when you are seeing patients, especially people who are higher risk. As a student or a new grad therapist, it's important that you ask your CI or supervising therapist to stretch a patient with them. Okay, so if the therapist is stretching the patient, it's important that you jump in there and you also stretch that patient doing the same motions. And what I do when I have students is I ask the patient if it's okay for the student or the new grad therapist to stretch them. And then I ask the patient to give the student or new grad some feedback. Okay, so what I'm looking for is are they stretching as hard as I did or as little as I did? So they can start to get a feel for that. This is something you just do not learn in college and you can't until you start actually working with patients. But obviously you don't want to hurt anybody. So it's important that you learn from people who have lots and lots of experience who have done lots and lots of range of motion and stretching exercises with patients. So that is probably one of the best ways to get yourself up to speed as a young therapist in regards to you know how aggressively to pass passively stretch patients ask yourself what the long-term detrimental effects are to not stretching aggressively enough okay and what this will do to the patient in the long run so here's an example you have a 54 year old female with a frozen shoulder and maybe we'll say you know that she only has 70 percent of normal range of motion for all motions um, this person is very active. They need full range of motion for the type of work that they do. They need to be able to reach overhead and off to the side. And, um, you know, so they really need all of that motion and all of that function. So this is the type of person that maybe we need to stretch a little more aggressively. We just ask the questions about osteoporosis and any other factors like complex regional pain syndrome or anything like that that could cause um, some osteopenia or osteoporotic changes in the bone because obviously, we wouldn't want to uh, fracture anything while we are doing the stretching activities. Um, you know, this capsulitis, the capsulitis will cause pain, so better range of motion is going to help. And long-term loss of glenohumeral range of motion can contribute to early arthritis impingement and weakness and ultimately loss of function. So in a situation like this, we really want to get back to full range of motion as much as possible, and that would just make sense to do that, especially at this age where we have a long time um, where this uh, patient's going to be utilizing that arm a lot. Uh, my next example is, uh, or tip I should say, would be evaluate the opposite extremity and ask about previous range of motion loss. So it's not uncommon to see patients who have an inherent loss of motion and significant joint stiffness previous to an injury or surgery. Yes, we'd like to see, you know, all knees um, get back to zero degrees of knee extension after a total knee arthroplasty. But if they have, you know, minus 10 degrees of extension on the good leg and they had minus 10 degrees of extension on the surgical side and they've had that for 10 years, it's not very likely you're going to um, push them to a point where you're going to get them to full extension uh, without hurting or harming them. 
So um, it's important that you identify, you know, what did they have uh, before the surgery or before the injury? Identify that. Um, and, you know, if they're doing well with their pain level and they're functioning really well, and maybe they don't have optimal or, or complete 100% quote unquote, perfect range of motion, um, they're going to be happy and they're going to be fine and they're going to function really well. And so no need to uh, be too aggressive and push through that. Now be sure to explain to the patient that there is a difference between hurting and harming. Okay. And I think that when the patient understands that stretching may be helpful and not harmful, then they're more likely to relax and, and trust you and allow you to do what you need to do in order to help maximize their motion so that they can ultimately get a better quality of life and better outcome. Um, so have a conversation with your patients about their expectations and why functional, you know, optimal function uh, far exceeds perfection in range of motion in many situations. So don't get me wrong. I am a stickler about optimizing range of motion. I think full knee extension will lead to better quad function. Good glenohumeral kinematics will always produce better rotator cuff activation. Better ankle dorsiflexion prevents multiple foot and ankle dysfunction. And I am huge on that because um, over 90% of foot and ankle issues are caused by a lack of dorsiflexion. Um, we see this a lot. We see a lot of blistering to the bottom of the feet, metatarsalgia, Morton's neuroma, plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendonitis, patellofemoral dysfunction, even low back pain because of tight, a tight gastroc soleus complex and loss of dorsiflexion. So I am a stickler about maximizing range of motion, but making sure that we do it in a safe way. So my takeaway today is to know what the end game is and to optimize function without causing harm, okay? So know your anatomy, get mentored. I think being mentored, following somebody with some experience is super important because you can actually just really cut that bell curve down a lot, especially as a new grad therapist, learn a lot, learn it a lot faster, and that way you can start helping people um, better and quicker. Be informed and don't stop learning, okay? I open a book on a regular basis. There's nothing wrong with that. I'll be the first to admit it that um, I don't know everything when it comes to the human body. And as uh, some of you, you know, may know, I've, I make my share of mistakes. And um, I made a lot more of them when I was younger. And luckily, uh, I was able uh, to be mentored at a young age and um, skip by that time in my life where I had to learn from my mistakes a lot. And so uh, I had a lot of guidance and uh, well-guided. And so therefore, um, I feel like it really pushed me ahead and I became successful really early, which meant that my patients were able to become successful um, when they were working with me. Uh, so with that being said, folks, thank you all so much for listening to Ortho Valpal. Be sure to giving, give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any podcasting station that you listen uh, to Orthoi Valpal on. Um, I would really appreciate that. Our, uh, we have some new videos on YouTube, so make sure you check that out. Give us an applaud or a thumbs up if you like our videos and be sure to subscribe so that you can get all of our newest content when it comes out. And be sure to check us out at orthoivalpal.com where we have... Uh, downloadable courses and webinars and online coaching and all other, uh, many other avenues for you to um, get education from in the realm of orthopedics. So again, folks, thank you so much and take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. 
Can't wait to see you there.